Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we're delving into The War for Kindness by Jamil Zaki, a celebrated professor of psychology and director of the Stanford Social Neuroscience Lab. In a world that often feels dominated by division and animosity, Zaki's debut book offers a beacon of hope, arguing for the conscious cultivation of empathy as a tool to combat the increasing drift toward social fragmentation. The War for Kindness presents a persuasive and thought-provoking exploration of how empathy not only enhances individual lives, but also has the potential to transform global societies. Zaki's expertise in social cognition and empathy shines through as he uses rigorous scientific research to underpin his insights, making the case for empathy as a skill that can and must be developed for the greater good. This book is a must-read for psychology enthusiasts keen on understanding the mechanics that underpin empathetic interactions, caregivers experiencing burnout, who are in search of rejuvenation through compassionate engagement, and individuals seeking ways to bridge the divide with those holding differing viewpoints. Zaki's work is vital for anyone wishing to nurture kindness in a seemingly unkind world, emphasizing that the battle for compassion is one worth waging. Join us as we unpack the essence and implications of the empathy revolution proposed in The War for Kindness. The War for Kindness Building Empathy in a Fractured World. Introduction Empathy The Secret Ingredient to a Better World. Let's dive into a mental experiment. Imagine you're in a room with two doors. One door leads to comfort and disengagement, a world where you look after only yourself. The other door opens to a path of compassion and connection, where you feel the joys and sorrows of others as if they were your own. Which door do you choose? Now, empathy might seem like the harder choice compared to the ease of ignorance, but it's worth embracing empathy. Let me tell you why. Just like that juicy cheeseburger, apathy can be deceptively alluring. The path of least resistance often sidesteps the needs of others for a quick, self-centered fix. However, Choosing empathy has far-reaching benefits that make it as nourishing for society as a kali salad is for your body. It not only feels intrinsically rewarding, but also bridges the gaps between diverse groups, fostering understanding and cooperation. Empathy doesn't just create a warm, fuzzy feeling inside. It is a force that can diffuse social tensions and even combat extreme ideologies such as white supremacy. When we understand the experiences of others, their struggles become human to us, making it harder to justify hate or prejudice. Moreover, not all empathy is created equal. Cognitive empathy, the ability to understand another's perspective, can be more beneficial than emotional empathy, which sometimes overwhelms us with the pain of others. A balanced approach allows us to support others without being consumed by their distress. Intriguingly, empathy can transform lives in unexpected ways. Consider the story of former convicts whose lives were changed by the words of Ernest Hemingway. By engaging with literature that offers profound human insights, 
individuals can nurture their empathy and gain new perspectives on life and relationships. Empathy has the remarkable power to connect us, heal divisions, and draw out the inherent goodness in humanity. So as you stand before these metaphorical doors, remember that the choice to engage empathetically with the world is not merely a moral one, but a deeply rewarding journey that enriches both the individual and society at large. Part 1. Unlocking your empathy is a matter of mindset. Empathy is often viewed as a warm embrace, a moment where we reach out and say, I feel your pain. Yet, empathy's spectrum is wide, ranging from recognizing emotions to sharing them intimately and even taking action to alleviate another's suffering. But where does empathy originate? Is it innate or can we cultivate it within ourselves? The heartening message is clear. Believing in your capacity to grow in empathy can actually enhance it. Many of us have encountered the stubborn belief that people don't change. Think of sayings like, once a cheater, always a cheater. These sayings are steeped in psychological fixism, the idea that our characters are set in stone. Science, however, tells a different story. Our brains are incredibly adaptable. They change and evolve constantly just like muscles changing in response to exercise or atrophy. Learning new skills can cause growth in certain brain areas, while others can shrink due to depression or stress. Enter the concept of psychological mobilism, which offers a refreshing counter-narrative. Yes, genetics shape certain characteristics, but they don't confine us to a fixed point. Traits like empathy and intelligence exist within a spectrum a range that offers us room to grow and develop. From the earliest days of childhood, our position on the empathy range is influenced by our environment. Children of empathetic parents tend to be more generous, better at reading emotions, and more caring towards strangers. Conversely, children exposed to persistent harshness might develop a concerning lack of empathy, similar to traits observed in individuals with psychopathic tendencies. Here's the kicker. Embracing mobilism doesn't just feel good, it's been shown to actually make you more empathetic. In an experiment conducted by the book's author and his colleagues, participants read magazine articles presenting either a fixist or a mobilist view on empathy, believing the information they read to be true. This changed their underlying beliefs, converging them into new fixists or new mobilists. And what was the effect on empathy? Those who adopted the fixist stance limited their empathy, extending it predominantly to those who resembled themselves. The new mobilists, however, displayed a more universal empathy, reaching out beyond the familiar, extending their concern to everyone. So, what's the takeaway from this tale? If exploring these insights has swayed you towards mobilism, you might already be feeling a surge in your empathic powers, ready to understand and connect with others more deeply than ever before. Part 2. Shift your viewpoint, strengthen your empathy. Consider this. Might it be possible that we have the power to sculpt our emotional landscape, to consciously decide to be happier, more inspired, or deeply compassionate? You might have doubts, but let's explore this further. Before a big event, such as a sports game or an intense workout, don't you often select a specific kind of music to set the tone for the experience? you're already influencing your emotions. 
here's an enlightening insight. By making small adjustments in how we approach others' experiences, we can significantly enhance our capacity for empathy. Imagine the power of a nudge, a concept referring to slight behavioral adjustments that can potentially lead to more substantial changes. During the grim times of the AIDS crisis, when prejudice and judgment were rampant, a psychologist named Dan Batson set out to explore the mysteries of empathy. He rounded up a group of students and had them listen to Julie, a fictional young woman afflicted with HIV. The prompt wasn't merely to listen, but to immerse themselves in her world, to imagine the emotions that came with her diagnosis. As expected, the students' empathy for Julie was heightened, but unexpectedly, their empathy extended beyond her, branching out to others diagnosed with HIV or AIDS. This nudge in perspective produced an echo of compassion. Of course, these nudges could stir a temporary swell of empathy, but what if we're aiming for a more enduring effect? Neuroscientist Tanya Singer and her team delved into precisely this question. Over two years, 300 individuals were immersed in a comprehensive course emphasizing metta, or loving-kindness meditation. This practice encourages the growth of well-being and the alleviation of suffering. Participants partnered daily with one another, nurturing empathy collectively. The results were nothing short of extraordinary. The participants not only reported expanded attention spans and heightened emotional acuity, both in themselves and others, but they also displayed increased generosity and a pronounced inclination to assist others in distress. What's more, MRI scans revealed tangible growth in the regions of their brains associated with empathy. So the next time you find yourself witnessing someone else's life with its unique joys and sorrows, remember that you have the choice. The choice to shift your perspective and, in doing so, intensify the thread of empathy that connects us all. Part 3. Building Bridges of Empathy Across Diverse Lives Let's talk about the elephant in the room. The expanding chasm between differing groups in society. It's alarming to think how in just half a century, political affiliations have gone from an almost non-issue in family matters to a potential deal-breaker. But does it have to be this way? Can we cultivate a world where empathy triumphs over division? Here's an enlightening revelation. We can foster greater empathy for those different from us by engaging in increased cooperative contact. Imagine the transformation of Tony McAleer, once a skinhead embroiled in the white power movement. His journey from hate to empathy began when he returned to education with a desire to reform. Tony's life changed when he met Dov, a leadership trainer, who, upon learning about Tony's past, revealed his own Jewish identity. In the face of Dov's acceptance, Tony's former prejudices began to dissolve. Tony's turning point aligns with a consistent pattern. Hate group members often lack self-compassion. They struggle to forgive themselves, leaving them susceptible to ideologies that dismiss empathy. However, when they experience acceptance and love, the stronghold of prejudice can crack and crumble. Still, while self-forgiveness is a critical piece, true empathy also requires compassion for others. Enter contact theory, which posits that familiarity breeds understanding, not contempt. 
By spending time among diverse groups, we debunk stereotypes and recognize the multifaceted humanity in everyone. The caveat? Contact isn't foolproof. It sometimes heightens existing tensions. It's crucial, therefore, to ensure contact aims to subvert traditional power dynamics, promoting mutual respect and comprehension. Consider an experiment where Mexican immigrants and white U.S. citizens were paired to share essays detailing their respective struggles. The immigrants, who typically held less power, felt an increased hostility towards whites when asked to read the woes of the more affluent group. However, when given the opportunity to express their own hardships, their negative sentiments subsided. This suggests something profound about empathic connection. When individuals from minority or less empowered groups are given the space to voice their experiences, it can open the hearts of those in dominant positions, encouraging a more equal playing field of understanding. Part 4. Embracing our common humanity through the power of storytelling. We've all experienced the transportive magic of a good story. While characters in fiction are not real, they command our emotions, making us weep or laugh as if they were flesh and blood. Beyond mere entertainment, stories hold a deeper power. They can fundamentally expand our capacity for empathy, even toward those vastly different from us. Embrace this compelling truth. Narratives can bridge the divide, highlighting our shared human experience, regardless of background or creed. Consider the profound impact stories can have on those often marginalized by society, such as ex-convicts in America. The Changing Lives Through Literature Initiative, established with the bold vision of helping ex-convicts reintegrate into society, serves as a shining example. The brainchild of Judge Bob Kane and English professor Bob Wexler, this program offered convicts with challenging records a deal. Engage with a reading group discussing classics like Ernest Hemingway's The Old Man and the Sea and receive a reduced sentence. These tales of struggle and human dignity allowed the participants to see beyond the criminal label society had imposed on them, affirming their worth and potential for change. Remarkably, recidivism rates among the program's first attendees were cut by more than half compared to a control group. A similar healing power of narrative unfolded in Rwanda, a nation scarred by genocide. In the aftermath of unimaginable violence, the radio drama New Dawn offered a narrative salve without invoking the traumatic events directly. Instead, it presented a story of a character coded as Hutu, who transformed from a villain into a peacemaker. This allowed Rwandans to engage with ideas of forgiveness and reconciliation in a removed yet impactful way. Research corroborated the transformative impact of New Dawn. Listeners developed stronger empathetic connections not only with their own ethnic group, but also with those they once saw as the enemy. Moreover, trust blossomed. The familiar voice of the show's lead actress lent credibility to messages of unity, encouraging Rwandans to extend trust across ethnic lines. These examples underscore a fundamental human truth. The stories we share and engage with can be powerful catalysts for empathy and understanding. They provide a lens through which we can view our collective narratives, finding resonance and connection 
with those whose lives may seem, at first glance, impossibly different from our own. Part 5. Balance your empathy to avoid burnout. Stepping into the shoes of a caregiver, you're introduced to the beautiful but often grueling world of providing for a sick or aging loved one. The selfless nature of this role is reflected in the high levels of stress and increased incidence of depression among caregivers, suggesting a darker side to their compassionate work. Herein lies a vital lesson. While empathy is a gift, it comes with the risk of emotional exhaustion, unless it's practiced with care and balance. Reflect for a moment on the empathy essential to healthcare professionals. When hospital patients are met with empathetic doctors, their compliance with treatment improves and their satisfaction soars. Yet this very empathy that heals can also harm, as doctors witnessing suffering and death may find themselves depleted, burnt out, or detached, self-preservation by shrinking away from their own innate compassion. The crux of the issue is this. Caregivers are often starved of the very empathy they generously give. They need that compassion reciprocated just as much as those they assist. This is where innovative solutions like the resilience in stressful events or RISE program make their mark. This peer-to-peer support system is designed as a sanctuary for caregivers, a hotline where they can express their struggles without fear of judgment. And it works. Studies have shown those who reach out to RISE tend to stick with their demanding jobs and take fewer sick leaves. However, the issue might not be a lack of empathy on the caregiver's part. It might be an abundance of the wrong kind. What we need to discern is the difference between distress and concern. Distress echoes the suffering of others within us so intensely that it can become our own. Those prone to distress often recoil from situations where they risk emotional pain. In contrast, concern allows one to empathize but from a place of strength and stability, looking to lessen others' pain without internalizing it. Recent research is uncovering the benefits of meditation as a tool to help caregivers tap into healthy empathy while muting distress. Programs centered on mindfulness practices are reporting less fatigue and higher levels of empathy among participants. By focusing on constructive concern, Caregivers can preserve their emotional well-being while staying connected and compassionate towards those in their care. Part 6. Empathetic Institutions, a Pathway to a Kinder Society It's a simple enough concept often summed up by the old adage, monkey see, monkey do. When behaviors become normative, when they're the actions we see modeled around us day in and day out, those are the behaviors we tend to mirror. What if this mirroring effect could be harnessed to cultivate a society rich in empathy? Envision a world where societal systems embody empathy as a core value. That could be the catalyst to elevate our collective empathy. Delve into this pivotal idea. Infusing our societal frameworks with empathy can kindle empathetic behavior on a grand scale. Consider law enforcement, an institution where the warrior mentality has increasingly taken hold, shaping officers as combatants rather than community protectors. Thankfully, there's a burgeoning movement to challenge this outlook. At the CJTC in Washington State, officers undergo the usual physical and tactical training, 
yet the curriculum breaks away to foster a profoundly different mindset. Officers engage informally, receive education in emotional intelligence, racial bias and mental illness, and prioritize de-escalation techniques. The impact is tangible, with graduates demonstrating more compassionate policing and a reduction in the use of force by an impressive 30%. The education system, too, has seen a surge in zero-tolerance policies that promise safety, but often produce the opposite effect. Rather than fostering understanding, such policies can lead to increased suspensions, dropouts, and arrests as they focus on weeding out the bad kids. However, innovative programs are forging kinder approaches. Betsy Levy-Paluck's initiative in New Jersey middle schools, for example, involved students in diagnosing and tackling prevalent social issues like bullying. They crafted campaigns and peppered their campuses with calls for kindness. The outcome was a heartening surge in student empathy and a steep decline in disciplinary incidents. What does this tell us? When the institutions that shape our daily lives are enriched with empathy, they set a powerful precedent. They model that empathy is not just a private virtue, but a social norm worth striving toward. In a society where systems are laced with compassion, people naturally gravitate to kindness, paving the way for a more empathetic future. Part 7. Technology. The Double-Edged Sword of Empathy. In an age dominated by screens, technology is often cast as the villain in the story of human connection. We're familiar with the troubling tales, cyberbullying conducted from behind the veil of anonymity, and the general amplification of hostility online. Our increasing digital engagement correlates with a decline in empathy. Those who live more of their lives on the internet are statistically struggling to empathize with their flesh and blood counterparts. This sets the stage for a pivotal point. Technology has the dual capacity to dampen or enhance our empathy. But before you write off technology as a lost cause, consider its brighter side. Innovative applications like Coco are leveraging technology's reach to knit a fabric of support. Coco invites users to share their grievances, then distributes these messages to others who respond with uplifting messages. While one unburdens their woes, they're prompted to lend compassion to someone else's plight. As users engage in the art of expressive writing through Coco, a practice known to alleviate depression, they also reap the rewards of altruism, evidenced by a sense of fulfillment and reduced stress. Coco's influence has since woven through social platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and Kik. Curious as to how else technology might nurture empathy, a research team led by the author decided to experiment with virtual reality. They crafted an immersive VR narrative that placed participants in the shoes of Ray and Ethan, a father-son duo grappling with homelessness. This visceral plunge into the lives of the homeless had a striking effect. Participants emerged more supportive of housing initiatives, more generous towards shelters, and retained this empathetic stance even a month later. Imagine the possibilities. Virtual reality could grant us experiences far removed from our own lives, embodying the existence of an elderly individual or someone from a different racial background. It's tempting to point fingers at technology for wedging us apart, yet its potential as a tool for unity and understanding is vast. By harnessing technology wisely, 
we can trek the road towards a more empathetic world, one shared virtual experience at a time. Final summary. Empathy is more than a fleeting nice-to-have. It's an essential ingredient for personal and social well-being. By embracing empathy, we tap into a reservoir of positive effects that can improve our lives and ripple through society. Here's the takeaway from our exploration. Empathy, while challenging to uphold, has the power to extinguish the flames of cruelty and bring out the best in humanity. Opting for empathy involves more than just temporary adjustments. It's about profound shifts in viewpoint, a commitment to understanding, and, when necessary, positive actions. Through the evidence we've seen, from the influence of stories on collective healing to technology's double-edged role in shaping our empathy, one truth emerges crystal clear. Kindness has the strength to combat and overcome cruelty. As individuals and communities, we've learned that we can foster empathy, whether through nurturing our beliefs in personal growth, adjusting societal systems to be kinder, or leveraging technology to connect and understand each other better. In choosing to step into the world of empathy, we not only enhance our own well-being, but also contribute to the creation of a kinder, healthier society. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.